Thanksgiving, so November will shift into, again, if I haven't seen those classrooms yet, because there are still class uh, teachers that I'm scheduling with for our monthly. Um, and, and I should say, not all classes do I visit monthly. Some I visit, you know, three or four times a year. Some teachers request specific topics that I come into. So that is the great part about the flexibility of our program is that I will fill any need you want. I will come every other week. I will come once a month. Um, I will, if they are learning about the Dust Bowl, we'll do topics about soil and erosion and farming practices. So that is the great part about the flexibility of the program. Um, but then when we get into um, November, one of my favorite topics, again, not anything we raise around here, but is cranberries. Ooh. It's always super interesting. Um, cranberries, we talk about turkeys. Um, and then one of uh, my favorite lessons is going through some of our um, Thanksgiving foods they're going to be eating and figuring out what is that main product or crop um, that we need for that food and where is it grown in the United States. So that's a fun one to kind of look at, um, you know, the map and figure out, well, who grows the most green beans and who grows um, the most sweet potatoes. Um, so that's a fun one for, for November and Thanksgiving, just because we are kind of focused on those holidays. And I gotta, I, I want to sneak at a question. Are there any cranberry farmers in Illinois? Can you grow them in the state? So, um, north of us. So, um, Wisconsin okay. does. I was gonna say, I so know Illinois, I don't know. Now there could be, I'm, I'm going to have to look this up. We'll Google it after, but, um, I don't think any Illinois, um, agriculture, our farmers are growing cranberries, but right north of us, we do have cranberries in both um, Wisconsin, I think some in Michigan as well. Um, so our, we have some northern friends that are growing that. Um, but yeah, so Illinois, we're giving most of our acreage to those corn and soybeans. But um, then when we jump to Christmas, obviously it's harder to schedule some of our, our December lessons. So we get in what we can before break. Um, but I like to talk about trees. So we learn about deciduous and evergreen trees because obviously everyone's putting up their Christmas tree. Um, and we talk about tree farmers. You know, a good percentage of the kids may have artificial trees at home, um, but we can talk about that raising trees is another kind of farm. Obviously not the kind of farm we think about when we think of farms. Um, then we get into January, like you said. Well, We'll kind of jump into the, the new year. Um, January is when I teach dairy lessons um, because we have World Milk Day, talking about when milk was first delivered. Uh, so that opens a very interesting topic about why was milk even delivered? Well, because people didn't have refrigerators, so they couldn't keep a gallon of milk in the refrigerator. And if you lived in town, it was unlikely that you had your own dairy cow in the backyard. So... Um, we talk about that and how life was before you had a refrigerator. Uh, maybe you had an ice box. So you got your milk delivered in the morning. You had it with your cereal, put your bottles back out, and the milkman would come and collect them. So that's an, it opens an interesting topic um, for some of the older kids. Again, something you don't ever think about, you know, before we had refrigeration. Um, so obviously dairy is a fun topic. Most classes we shake up some butter. Of course. Of course. Um, so they get butter and they always, it's the best thing they've ever tasted. 
Um, and then, you know, some of them even I get reports back that they've gone home and they've tried to make it with their family. I said, you have a lot of kids give up and just... And just like be okay with the whipped cream. <laughs> yeah. No, we do it as a group effort because otherwise, yes, they do get their little arms get tired. So we do just a couple jars in the whole class, and every kid gets their chance to shake. Okay. Um, and then they get to taste it on either bread or crackers I take in. Um, so dairy is a very fun topic and so prevalent because they understand cheese and ice cream and their milk and all those, their yogurt. Some topics I also like to hit on is pizza. So that opens the door for a lot of different topics because we can talk about wheat and how we raise wheat for our crust, for our pizza. Um, we can talk about the veggies that we use to go into our tomato sauce, our herbs that we might raise, um, and some more that we consider specialty crops to go into our tomato sauce. We talk about our dairy and our cheese. We talk about our pork and going into our sausage and our pepperoni. So that's another good way to maybe do a lot of little mini lessons. Um, and it's pizza is one of everyone's favorite foods. So um, it's something that they can really uh, connect to. February, my favorite topics to do are chocolate and sugar. So when the younger grades, we talk about chocolate and cacao. And obviously something we don't raise here. So we talk about the rainforest um, and how we have different climates for different crops. Um, and then with some of the older kids, if I've already visited them in the past to talk about chocolate, we do sugar lessons. And not just sugar cane, um, but sugar beets. Um, and actually, you know, a lot of people don't know that when they look at the ingredient list, it may say cane sugar, but if it just says sugar, you don't know if it is from sugar beets or if it is from sugar cane. Um, so that's kind of something a lot of people don't know about. I know I didn't know about sugar beets <laughs> until <laughs> I was teaching about it. So that's kind of a fun topic um, for students to be thinking about some of the things that are going into their Valentine's Day treats. Um, March, I like to talk about pork or beef, again, depending on if I, it's a class I visited the year before every month, then I vary the topics, obviously, so we're not doing back-to-back -to -back topics. Um, so pork and beef, it's great because we've just learned about dairy. Now we can talk about beef and how a lot of the cows, when they are driving by um, the cattle they're seeing in the field, those cattle are being raised for beef rather than milk. Um, so some good topics. April, we have Earth Day, so we'll talk about conservation and recycling and all that good Earth Day stuff. It's also Arbor Day, so again, if I didn't see them in December to talk about trees, um, we'll do a tree lesson in April. And then that leads right into the craziest, most wonderful time of the year, um, which is chick catching season. So all of our area schools hatch chicks um, in the classroom, um, and we provide incubators and support to and the eggs to to hatch those chicks. And those are always just such a fun program because students get to see life developing from the very beginning. We candle several times during it, so they get to see how their little chicks are developing. And then obviously the best part is when they hatch and they can have chicks in the classroom for a few days or until they drive the teachers crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of leads us right to the end of the year. 
During the summer, you know, we do library programs and events. I guess during the school year, I do lots of random events too, whether it's with library or the ROE. I partner with the ROE for several events throughout the year. And then play groups. Our program is open to anybody who wants to do a program. Um, So like next month, I'll be doing an adult program for Delta Kappa Gamma group. So anyone can ask for a program. They can choose a topic or they can leave it up to me. And again, that's the great part about our program is that I am flexible to meet the needs for whoever needs whatever they want. They want a 20-minute program during their meeting or they want a full hour presentation. I will do whatever they want. So when you're visiting these classrooms, are they typically elementary age or are you going to all different grades? So I will see any grade. I would say, though, a majority of the classrooms that I'm visiting is kindergarten, first, second, third. Um, and I mean, I see all the way through elementary, but I'd say a majority of my teachers that are scheduling monthly <clears throat> are those kindergarten, first, second, third mm-hmm. grade classrooms. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, that makes sense. So, but I, but again, I am seeing those students more for specific projects, like if they are learning about something and they want me to come tie agriculture in. But yeah, I'd say most of my monthlies are that that kind of age group there in elementary school. Um, I do also visit the voice after school program with which is junior high kids and we do little mini topics Um, so I am seeing junior high students just not maybe as frequent as those lower elementary grades well Anna thank you so much for taking the time coming in and dissecting your whole program yeah have I just (laughs) thrown so much information at you you know what I, I knew about the gist of Ag in the Classroom. Now I know exactly what you're going to be doing go. for the rest of the year. Um, and yes, you do. You know my lineup. Um, now I do want to say also that Illinois Ag in the Classroom, like I love that you have the connection to yes. Utah Ag. Um, we ha- are very fortunate to have a lot of resources available to us that we can share with classrooms. So maybe you don't have time in your schedule for me to come in and do a 45-minute presentation, but you want to add that into your curriculum somehow. We have ag mags, ag readers, um, and now we actually have an ag reader for lower L. So we have resources, books, kits. So even if I'm not going to go into the classroom, we have ways that you can incorporate that into the classroom, and we love when teachers take advantage of that. We have so much to offer that I know there's so many other things to get done in a school day, but we love when teachers can take advantage of that. And where can people find that resource? So, well, con- by connecting to me, so ageducation.hotmail.com, we also have the Illinois Ag in the Classroom website, which can connect you to any of those topics. Then you might be able to know a little bit more specifically what you want to request from me. And then, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I hand out brochures for our program, which lists all of our topics, all of our kits and resources available. So, Now, I know they get a lot of things in their mailboxes at the beginning of the year. So if they need to be reminded of that, I happily bring them another one or send them um, some information. But pretty much any topic you can dream up, we can somehow connect agriculture and I can get you some resources. So Perfect. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you for having me. Anna Sharp with Ag in the Classroom for Warren Henderson Farm Bureau on AM 1330 and FM 95.7 WREM.